0: You know, when you're working the night shift and it's 3 a.m. and it's like, are we drunk (laughs) or delirious? I'm Emily and I'm Hannah, and you're listening to Drunk or Delirious,
1: a night shift podcast.
0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Drunk or Delirious. We're
1: your hosts, Hannah and Emily. This week, we have another very special guest. We have Alice Benjamin, who is a nurse and a TV health expert, um, also known as America's favorite nurse. Welcome, Alice. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're we so, are so excited so- to have you. Yeah, this is so cool. We're so glad this we could make this work. And mm-hmm. yeah, that your schedule was able to fit it in after working for four days. I'm
2: sure you're exhausted. Oh yeah. Um a little bit of hospital, a little bit of TV, and then family and finally some time to myself. So I'm excited about it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, you're kind of it's kind of fitting for
1: the name of our podcast. Just a little delirious after six, <laughs> oh, after yeah. four days of work. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah,
0: definitely. Just a that's, bit.
2: So can you just... tell us
0: a little bit about yourself and where you're from and your background?
2: Sure. So I have been a nurse for over 24 years collectively. Uh, I st- And even before I became a nurse, I started as a CNA, then I became an LVN, then RN with an associate's degree, then I as I was working, did I got my bachelor's degree, was still working, and then went and got my master's uh, in nursing education and clinical nurse specialist. So I became a clinical nurse specialist, uh, and I worked, the, I did that for several, several years. Um, loved being an advanced practice nurse, uh, primarily worked critical care. Cardiology is definitely my jam, definitely, definitely my thing. I do emergency medicine and critical care transport, too. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, working at, you know a real awesome hospital that does like the most heart transplants in the world. And then I get frustrated in my role because although I'm an advanced practice nurse, uh, you know, and, you know, I feel valued by everyone, my scope of practice here in California, even though I'm an APRN, we're not, a, CNSs cannot prescribe. So hmm. that was something that was real frustrating for me. So I went back and got my, uh, I did a post master's degree and became a nurse practitioner So I've had a very colorful journey. I've always worked full-time in the hospital, critical care type of thing, but I've always moonlighted. So I've always, like, I've dabbled and dabbled in home health, corrections, and other things. And I've just had a very colorful uh, nursing career clinically. I'm really excited about that. And it's actually led to some other wonderful opportunities, like with media, as a TV health expert, as chief nursing officer at nurse.org. And, you know, I always tell people who are interested in coming to nursing, I'm like, you literally legit can do almost anything you want to do in nursing. I mean, it takes you like in any direction you want to go. So I really have had a fun career and I really, really enjoy it.
1: Yeah, that's like that's so amazing. amazing. Yeah, it really is. Um,
2: <laughs> I know Hannah
1: and I are like, oh, I mean, I've been a nurse for Oh, my gosh. Seven years. Seven years. Yeah. Seven. I've been in this for six
0: years Never and I've just been like you the whole time. So it's really cool to see that you've done just like kind of how you've got grown up, like the career ladder too, like starting from a CNA and then getting to where you are today. Experience. I mean, I imagine it gives you like a lot of really good perspective,
2: too. Oh, yes. Yeah. So um, I'll be, be, working as a CNA is really hard. And I worked in a nursing oh, yeah. home. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Literally, like, you know, you're supposed to turn your patients every two hours. Right. But le- legit, by the time I would like go down one hallway and like turning and cleaning all of the residents, it'd be two hours. I l- literally have to just kind of restock, resupply, my maybe go to the bathroom and then I'm going down the hallway again. It was like so it was daunting work. It was really hard, um, but it really gave me some insight um, and really taught me a lot about, you know, direct patient care and really. I, I I don't know. What we think about this a lot in nursing, but we do things for people that they can't normal that they can't do for themselves. And so I think working as a CNA really uh, put me ahead of the game when I finally went to nursing school. Because some people start into nursing and they don't have that background. And I think one of the scariest experiences when you first start nursing is when you get to clinical. And you're like, I don't want to wake them up; they're sleeping. Or like you don't want to mm-hmm. touch them or bother them. Totally. And me, I'm like, okay, let's go. I'm in it. Let's. You know, come on, Mr. Jones. Time to do whatever. And so, um, being a CNA has really given me a lot of perspective, and I really respect CNAs. Um, they're a very important part of our healthcare team, and I think many, especially nowadays, a lot of nurses start as CNAs. So when it comes to like delegation and you know how we communicate with respect, on you know in in the field, I've seen some people talk really not nice to some CNAs, and you know I'm not about that life and. So I really champion the CNAs, and I think they're a real important part of the team.
1: Yeah, they literally make every unit run. Honestly, like the backbone.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they can kind of make or break your day because you know when they're in there helping the the patients, like they see things. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, vital signs are abnormal. Like they can, they'll tell you like right away. Like you can really build Mm -hmm. your team, and they they'll tell you stuff, things that they see. And then I've always worked hand in hand with. The CNAs I've worked with, I'm like, okay, are you, tell me when you're getting ready to turn or do baths. I'm gonna go in there with you. I'm gonna do my assessment at the same time. We're gonna knock it all out, wound care, everything. Boom, 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 boom. And yeah. so, I think you know, I think team building is is so is so important. And even um, with LVNs, the other day I was doing some critical care transport, and I don't see it too often, but there was an LVN in the emergency room, and she knew her stuff. Boy, she was like really, really good. And I think people are like, oh, LVNs, they're nurses, but they're not really nurses. And I'm just like. No, I mean, they're they're nurses and, you know, just depending on the individual and which they're the area they're in. But I mean, I worked as the LVN too. So I really at every step in the career ladder can really have a true appreciation, you know, know the struggles of that role. So um, now that I'm in the position that I'm in, I really try to create environments where everyone can like work to the fullest scope of their ability and do what they want to do. because it's all about passion it's all also about doing the things that you're most passionate about so I know it's work but at least it doesn't have to always feel like work
0: yeah that's so cool yeah I I feel like I always tend to prefer working with nurse practitioners over pas I mean there's uh, like excellent pas out there don't of course get me wrong. um <laughs> but like nurse practitioners like they understand what it's like to be a nurse and they have that nursing yeah. background. They have that like social skills background and everything like that. So I think it it's just like the same way like, you know, mm-hmm. nurse practitioner to nurse and nurse to CNA. Like it's almost like yeah. I, I think you almost should – everyone should like start as like either a tech or a CNA to get that experience first mm-hmm. before just like you said because, yeah, I mean I started nursing school at age 18, you know, Right out of mm-hmm. high school, and I was that like shy. I mean, I was a child. I was like so shy. I was like, um, like I would like a like be scared of the adult. I mean, that's why I'm with babies. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it's uh it's important. It's really important, yeah. and it comes with practice.
2: Yes, um, and you know, and regarding PAS, it's interesting because now they have a new title, uh, physicians associate. They've been. Uh, yeah, they've been tough to Yeah, so they're now called physician associates. And uh, physician groups don't, they totally hate it because they feel like it provides too much confusion. But to get back to the point, I've had people ask me all the time, you know, especially if they already have their bachelor's, like, should I do one of those nursing programs where I can, you know, become a nurse and get my master's degree, or should I do PA? And I always, I, uh, bias, obviously, but I feel like, when you're a nurse, like there's, like you said, the social skills, there's just, we're so holistic. We like, we know everything about our patients. And I think sometimes PAs, I mean, they're really medical model and they just go right into like diagnose, treat. And I don't know that they always have the time to spend with patients. And I think that's what makes nursing so special and so unique. And that's why we're the most trusted profession. People literally trust us with their lives because we We have to make sure that everybody else is talking. We have to make sure GI is talking to cardiology, who's talking to the internal medicine, you know, all of these things. And so I really think nurses are the the captains of the ships when it comes to Mm -hmm. healthcare.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. And that's, I feel like, A lot of nurses get the question like, oh, why didn't you want to just be a doctor? And like, I've definitely gotten that so many times. And I'm always like, I want to interact with my patients. I want to, you know, build those Mm -hmm. bonds. And you don't do that as a doctor. Like you're, you see so many different people. You don't have the time to spend with your patient to get to know them, to really find, yeah, like the root cause of what's going on. And nurses have such important insight into their patients and their conditions.
2: Exactly. And I think the general public has been socialized to believe that physicians are like the end all be all. And I love working with physicians. I think we need people in every single role, like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to build a, a true team, an interdisciplinary team. But when I get that question, I'm just like, Doctors should want to become nurse practitioners and nurses because we get to do so much for the patient. Um, and, you know, I think that, you know, obviously they have their expertise, their specialties and their responsibilities, just like like we do. But there's no way in a million years that I would ever think about like going to on to become a physician. I'm totally happy with where I am now. Um, no and more school. Don't say. You know what? I I knew that question was coming because I was originally going to go back for my doctorate, um, and then kind of like some things happened, and I put it like on hold for a second. But now I'm getting a lot of questions like, "Alice, are you going to go back for your doctorate?" And I'm just like, you know, I think education is very important, especially if it's going to help advance your skill level and knowledge and you know, help position you to get in a position where, ideally, you go back to school. You also want to, you know, you learn more, but you also want to get paid more, or be in a different position. Um, I feel like my lived experience has been so colorful, and has I've had some really cool opportunities that I'm not sure that a doctorate would complement that, other than being able to say I have my doctorate. I'm not, I'm not counting it out. But right now I'm really enjoying, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Like I'm, I'm taking the education and the student loans that I have and I'm like, I'm working it. Yeah. I don't know that I want wanting more student loans. I think also
1: your name and the credentials at the end of your name are already extremely <laughs> impressive. Like, I don't know if Thanks. adding a DNP on there would like really change anything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. And you know, I think it's all about like, um, it's to me, it's so important that I'm following and uh, my passion doing the things mm-hmm. that I want to do because some people in the more traditional nursing sense, like we think of career ladder as if everyone wants to become a manager, director, chief nursing officer. Not everybody wants that, but, um, but there was a point in my career where I was somewhat on that kind of trajectory. Although I was very clinical hands-on as a CNS, I was asked if I kind of want to go that, wanted to go that way. And the interesting thing is I didn't, I didn't want to go that way. I love patient care so much. I love educating uh, the public. And I do a lot of community service like with American Heart Association and ARP because my mantra is I love to talk to people before they become my patients because I'm so I'm really hands on. And um, I think in the role well, I know in the role that I've been in, especially at CNS, I've been able to do um, staff education on and training within critical care. I've been able to educate the public like in classes at the hospital and then through these um Community organizations. I've also been able to help educate on television as a TV health expert. I've been able to educate in as a clinical instructor at a nursing school. So I'm very passionate about education and help you know providing people information and empowering them to make their best choices. So that's what I want to do. And I don't believe in my from what I've seen that a manager, or director, or chief nursing officer gets to do those things. So I've I've been I've colored outside of the lines and not always follow the traditional career ladder. I've kind of, I, I just feel like you should do what makes you happy. And no one's nursing career is going to look the same or has to look the same. As long as you enjoy what you're doing, that's what it's all about.
1: 100%. That kind of was like one of the questions that we had was, I feel like a lot of nurses, you know, think that they're supposed to go back to school. Like they're supposed to get all these degrees, even if they like maybe don't want to or don't really know. Like in that, I mean- Dad, do you have any, like, other advice for them or, like, what route they should take? Because, yeah, I've talked to people. They're like, well, I guess I'm going to go back to school. Like, I don't know. And I'm like, that's a lot of money and time and effort. Like, are you sure?
2: Oh, it's totally an investment. It's like a marriage because you're married to school. Mm -hmm. Like, studying assignments and, like, there's financial investment, investment of your life. Like, you literally can't really – not saying you can't have a life, but you almost can't have a life, right? Because you're so busy with school. And um, and by this time in your career, if you're going on, you're probably also working as well. But I think many of us, there's been such a push on, you know, especially when we think about the future of nursing report and all of those things, like a big advancement of increasing the number of doctoral prepared nurses. I understand the, the idea behind that to have nurse researchers, nurse leaders. But I think what some of our, our, um senior mature nurse leaders <laughs> call them old but you know people, <laughs> sorry anyone but i'm just saying like i think we have to be like there's so many more creative ways not everyone has to have a DMP. not everyone has to have a phd to be a leader we are all leaders in our respective places and spaces and our skill set and so i think there's been that push to like you you should go back to school you should go back to school from our from our peers and then also um, when it comes to um, like the the jobs that are that are out there, I think they try to incentivize us to go back to more, for more school. Like if you go back to, and you could be doing a little legit the same job, right? Because I I could think of bedside, but if you're comparing like an associate's versus bachelor's versus master's degree, they incentivize us to to go back to school. And I think if you're someone if you're unsure of what you want to do before you jump into that big investment, you know, find out what are you most passionate about? Like, are you working in an area that brings you joy, that you're happy about? Like for me, it's cardiology. It's always been cardiology. It's always been a kind of ICU, emergency stuff. Like when I've gone to, and this is no shade to any other specialties, but you know, orthopedics is not my thing. Uh, oncology is just not my thing. So I found myself as long as I worked in a, in a specialty where that was of interest to me that, um, that I could learn and that, you know, you could advance on your unit. You could, you know, do charge nurse, you could become a preceptor, your, your unit practice council, become involved in committees in the hospital, become a part of your specialty nursing organization and learn. You can learn in those ways without actually having to go to school to, right. you know, to, cause you can go to school, but if you don't apply it, it's, it's not helpful. Whereas with, when you're doing these things in your, profession already. This is real lived experience. These are things you can add to your resume. And I think um, if if you're not sure of what you want to do, just evaluate those things and make sure that you're in a space and place where you can grow and you're doing something you're passionate about before you go back to school. I think when you go back to school, you should have like dead on know exactly what it is you want from that program. Like Mm -hmm. I want to do family nurse practitioner because I want to work in a clinic and take care of, you know, if work in a family practice like you should know what you want to do when you just go blindly you might go through mm-hmm. a whole program get I don't know sixty eighty thousand dollars worth of debt and say I don't really want to do this so yeah. Don't, yeah don't be that person
0: no I, I think I, that's so common it is. I was
2: just talking to a girl the other day and
0: she was like yeah I went back to school to become a nurse practitioner and I, I made it about halfway through and then I I kind of realized like she wasn't passionate about it you know it wasn't yeah. really for her um and now she's just continuing to do travel nursing which is what emily and i um have been doing too um but yeah i i think for at least for myself i've i've thought about school a lot um mm-hmm. and if i did go back to school i think i would go maybe the education route but i'm just still not like sure about it so it doesn't mean it's like off the table yeah. in the future but i'm enjoying what i'm doing right now but I, that's what the beauty of nursing
2: though, right? Like You have yeah. so many options. Yeah. And something else I'm going to just throw in there. It's like a curveball. Although people are like, well, probably like, let's say, oh my God, did Nurse Al say that? But like when you go, like you're already a nurse. You're a nurse that's never going to be taken away from you unless you surrender your license, right? But when you go back for like your master's or your uh, doctorate, you don't have to go for nursing. You legit can go like public health or epidemiology <laughs> Any, you know, things that can complement your nursing knowledge yeah. because you fundamentally, by passing the NCLEX and going through your nurse your basic nursing program, you know what it's like to be a nurse. The the whole point of going back from our school is to advance your knowledge and your skill set so you can be a better nurse. So that doesn't necessarily mean you have to go to, uh, do a master's in nursing program or a doctorate in nursing program um, because li- I was really actually thinking of doing like a public health, because I'm so big on public health education and kind of outreach that, you know, that I'm like, I know nursing, what, you know, what else can I learn to make me a better nurse? And I think that's also something about nursing. We're really good at our nursing activities, but there aren't enough nurses in other spaces and places to influence decisions. Like, for example, when all this stuff with the pandemic happened, you know, all these decisions were being made and we're like, where's the nurse? Where's the nurse? Like, Mm -hmm. so sometimes we have to invite ourselves to those tables and conversations or those community groups because they don't always think of nursing right away. They might think physician, but they don't always think of nursing. And I think while they should be thinking of us, we too have to expand our net, expand our reach. So we are closer to mind when something comes up. Like, for example, I do a lot of volunteer and ambassador work for American Heart Association. I was one of the first nurses to chair like several of their committees, they're like, we didn't know nurses wanted to do this stuff. And I just literally had to looked at their programs and how they deliver them in a whole nother different lens. And they're like, why didn't we think of this sooner? I'm like, I don't know, yeah. because we're not, when we're out of sight, we're out of mind. Yeah. That's
1: just super, that's super interesting that they hadn't even had a nurse on yeah. their council. Like, I feel like that's
2: everything. Like their science stuff. They had physicians, yeah. they had pharmacists, they had like, um hospital administrators but there was like no bedside nurse in there and because i've worked cardiology everything from like telemetry icu cardiothoracic surgery like i'm like i know cardiac and i know how how to talk to patients and you know we're the most trusted profession i can help you take the science and you know they have lots of science and you know new blood pressure guidelines arterial disease guidelines and all of these things, but how do you communicate that in a way that the public understands? So duh, a nurse, we do patient education all day, every day. Like I can take, I can, I know how to read your science. I know how to, you know, sift through the, the data to understand it. Now allow me with my experience and my social skills and all of the things that I do help to make it plain and simple for patients. And so that was something that was, I don't know why. It was, but it seemed like that was like a, there was like a breath of fresh air for them. They're like, huh, we never thought of that. And I'm just like, you know, I was just happy. I am I mean, I've been a long time volunteer for them, but um, I've done stuff at the local, state and national level for them. I even got invited to the White House when, during oh the President Barack Obama's administration to work on their oh, cardiovascular yeah. uh, task force. Oh, that's oh my gosh. Yeah, and I know. I to so meet cool. the President? Did no you i didn't okay. no i didn't get to be i got and michelle wasn't there either but dang they, they extended the invitation right like their their they're video they sent a video like we'd like to invite you but oh you know gosh. still getting what to an do honor work, it was yeah and i never would have thought nursing would have took me in a space like that it took me into places like even with the american heart association like when it came to like um like i the farthest thing from my mind is wanting to be a politician. But when we talk, talk about things like access to health care or smoking laws or sugary taxes or things like that, I, I became involved in that by working with American Heart Association. And so I got to you know work with different and speak with different congressmen and congresswomen and I just was, it was like a, an experience that I never ever would have thought that I would have been in. But as nurses, we obviously we provide direct patient care, but we're also leaders. So it was really important it was really good for politicians and all these administrators to see an actual direct patient care provider at the table, because I can say, no, this is what really happens. This is what we really need, you know, because we all know that leadership has their ideas of what's going to work on the unit. No, 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 no. They're not there. there. They come up with this like very convoluted system and process of, you know, click this button, check this and notify this. We're like, no, because nurses, we, we just want to make it plain. We want to get the work done, make it plain, and get the patient yep. what they need, while making it as easy as possible for us. So that's what I was able to add to those to those committees and those circles, which also that helped me to so be a better cool. leader without going back to school. See? Yeah, yeah. There exactly. you go. Full we'll
0: circle. <laughs> oh, my oh my gosh. gosh. Yeah. So you have a lot on your plate. <laughs> <laughs> I my I have a couple questions, but one of them is, um, so when you said that you were just working for four days in a row, what is your current role? Right
2: now, oh okay. I guess well, am work working? If in a you can say, <laughs> right. yeah. So, so I wear many hats. Yeah. So I work per diem as a family nurse practitioner. So I do see patients in a clinic uh, once a week. I do critical care transport, um, which is like three days of the week, and then that other that fourth day, usually I'll spend in an ER or ICU. So I'm a wow. little like all over here. But I know, I know, know it's nuts, but it, it allows me to play in the areas in which I really want, you know, I say play, it's really work, right? But because I think I'll I'll be, I'm totally honest, being a nurse practitioner in a clinic by itself all day is boring. It's boring, but it allows me to exercise a skill set of like a, a different level of assessment, diagnosing, interpretation of data, communication with patients. And also there's like this administrative like this billing aspects of it. So it lets me exercise that muscle. I love the, um, the you know, working in ER, ICU because, and this is interesting because I've worked in, I worked in ICU first. So I know there's like an ICU mentality, then there's like an ER mentality. And I love working in both worlds because I can make fun of both communities. Um, <laughs> and then having worked in those areas helps equip me to um, do critical care transport where I transport very, very sick patients from one facility to another like if someone's having an active STEMI and needs to go immediately to a cath lab but they went to a hospital that doesn't have a cath lab i pick them up i'm starting all of the the medications and treatments that they need and i'm i'm whisking them from that rinky dinky hospital to the bigger hospital with a cath lab maybe That's it's fun. active stroke um they're in respiratory failure they need immediate heart heart tr- lung transplant i've had patients on balloon palms ecmo um Wow. Uh, mechanical assist devices. You na- like I manage the ventilators. So that allows me to really work clinically, like as very autonomously in very high risk environments, which is something that I enjoy doing. Um, so I do that. And then, <laughs> like there's more. Then I, you know, I'm a, the chief nursing officer at nurse.org. So I contribute content to them. I, I actually have a podcast that I, I do as well. And then I'm uh, working with them on different programs or, you know, classes and things for the things that the nurses would love to, you know, hear and learn and know more about. And then I am a, um, I'm feeling silly. Actually, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud because it sounds, it sounds crazy. Um, And then I'm a medical uh, uh, ex-contributor for NBC Los Angeles. So whenever there's like a breaking health story or things that are going on, I will come on television and I talk about them. So I get to do all of those things. Oh that's the God, farthest that's... thing from silly. That is it's so, so cool. <laughs> cool.
0: I saw it on your Instagram and I was like, oh my gosh, this girl famous. This is like, so oh. cool.
2: You know, thanks. That You know, thanks so much. That feels good because I'll be honest. When I first started to do television stuff, it was like, you want to be an actress? You want to be a model? I'm like, no, I want to be a health con- um, an expert. But the thing was, we weren't nurses. We we didn't see any of that. We were not on right. television. It was always physicians, physicians, physicians. Yeah. And I have to really say, a lot of the work I did with the American Heart Association is what kind of catapulted me in there, because uh-huh. I was talking about cardiac things, and as my clinical experience lent, you know, lent to credibility to speak to those things. So that's kind of how I really got into television, talking about how to, you know, how to be heart healthy during the holidays, signs and symptoms of a stroke, what you should do, and then it's kind of evolved into other things especially as an advanced practice nurse as that expanded my knowledge and my clinical skill set i was able to talk about more things and even like during the pandemic i legit was on like almost every day during the pandemic wow. here in los angeles and um, i never thought that that's i would end up doing something like that but that goes to show you you can do anything in nursing so who would have thought that now i get paid as a medical contributor on television to do patient education on television, it's fun, it's fun, it's really cool, it's
1: really, really Thanks. cool. Oh it my gosh,
2: yeah! I mean, that
1: how do you that, like? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Em. I was
2: gonna say, just how do you
1: find the time to fit all of that in? My
2: gosh, <laughs> um, you know, I so I. I'm I'm a firm believer of what's meant to be is what meant is meant to be. So like when you follow your passion. So a legit, I I can't, I don't know exactly how this happens, but miraculously, somehow, some way, my schedule always seems to work itself out. Like on the days that I'm working, I never get called for television. And then like the day like I'm good, let's say I'm gonna be off tomorrow. NBC will say, Oh, Alice, can you come on tomorrow to talk about such and such, such and such? And I can't even make this up because but so my schedule literally naturally evolves, and like does what it's supposed to do. So to me, I know that might sound hokey pokey to some people, but to me, it's it's a symbol, it's a sign that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm having yeah. fun, I'm enjoying myself, and I'm really doing a service for uh, the community. So while I'm not doing direct patient care, I'm still representing nursing in a in a very positive light. And I'm displaying what nurses are capable of doing. So I'm really proud to be able to help rep my profession in that, and then really service the patients. Like talk about things, um, you know. And they they easily could have a physician on there, but I think it's because, you know, I'm not like all buttoned up tight. Like I I have a little fun. I'm playful with how I explain things. And you know, it's like health. If we look at nursing healthcare, I literally use health literacy. And then just the fact that we're the most trusted profession, I think that helps a lot too um, with my delivery. And I don't know, it just works out. It's works itself out. Um, sometimes I get last minute calls. Like um, for example, I think it was like, like when Tiger Woods got into a car accident, um, I think I was maybe on my way to work, getting ready to go to work. And they're like, Alice, can you talk about Tiger Woods such and such? And they're, I'm just like, well, I, I could talk right now, but I'm gonna be going to work. And they're like, okay, well, we'll, we'll, Hop on right now. We'll talk, and then like later, if you have time, we'll bring you back on. And so later, I'm sitting in my car, and I'm on my my phone, oh my and I'm on live, and I'm talking. So and the TV. That's crazy. Oh my yeah. gosh! Wow. wow. Yeah, I think that's so great. We
0: definitely need more nurses. Out we, there. Do. You know, I, we do. I totally agree. Like. It is always the doctors that seem to be giving mm-hmm. all the information, which is, yeah, like you said, it's great. But I think more people need to know that, like, yeah, we're capable and we're knowledgeable and and yeah. that it's a diff- it's different and that we work together, you know, with physicians. It's not – we don't work under them. We work together as a
2: team. That part. So I'm mm-hmm. very clear. And so, like, you know, they'll say, usually, you know, call your doctor. You have your questions. I'll say, you know, call your um, – you can call your doctor or your nurse practitioner or even your, you know – your PA and ask some questions. So I try to make sure that people are aware of, it's not just your doctor, no shade to doctors, but yeah, there's too much, there's not enough doctors for all the patients that are out there. So go ahead and take this help. Okay. We're trying to help you stop trying to be, you know, let's get out of our egos and let's focus on what the patients need. And I think that's really what it's about. It's like, cause historically it's been this power trip, like physicians and doctors and listen, I've let me, if, if you, if you want to get on television and talk about it, you can, but usually they're kind of stuffy and like, I don't know, just because we're nurses and we actually get to hands-on do certain things, you know, we spend time with patients. So like, although, a pro, and I can say this as a provider, providers will prescribe, but we're not necessarily there to see what happens. How does the patient tolerate it? Uh, and actually watch and visualize and be there with the patient when they're going through the side effects or, you know what it looks like to visually watch them improve and things like that. We, you know, providers kind of just check in, check out, check in, check out. And we rely on the nurses to tell us, you know, what mm-hmm. did you see? What did you hear? What, how, how the patient, you know? And so I think that because I get to see all those things that actually makes me a better storyteller when I'm on television talking about things. Cause I can say, you know, I've, I've taken care of patients, you know, and I, and while being respectful and mindful of HIPAA, obviously, um, mm-hmm. really can, share true stories, true live stories that I actually do and not just speak from a place of what should happen, but this is what happens. So
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think the truth is like, we can't do our jobs without each other, right? Like nurses need doctors and doctors need nurses, you know?
2: so Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I was going to ask, like, do you have a family and things like that? And like, do you, how do you balance all of that? well so
2: so i'm a divorcee but i do have kids and they so i know now it's like gosh how does she manage that with kids um i i really credit it to just really enjoying what i do so i am a firm believer of spending time with family and doing family activities i have i have sons and they can keep me really really busy so i there are times where you know actually my family comes first my family comes before for work and all those things but I've also, cause I think my, my sons have watched me do all of these things. Like they're some of my biggest supporters and cheerleaders. And so like even, and so some of the things I can, I do, they actually are so supportive of me that they do them with me. And it's interesting because like during the pandemic, when I was talking so much about COVID this, this, and that, I can hear like when my kids would have their friends over and they're like, um, talking on the phone or whatever, or even on the video games talking, he would say, no, yeah, you know, COVID, you have to get your vaccine because yada, yada, yada. So they're like mini nurses in the so training, cute. in training. So they're really supportive. And I do as much as possible include them in what I'm doing, but uh, they play sports and I go to their sports, you know, I I, I definitely put them first, um, but they've just been so supportive and um, I've been able to kind of intertwine everything. Cause I know people will say work-life balance. Someone told me a long time ago, and I actually kind of believe this, There's there, the term work-life balance is a little misleading as if you can't have one without, you know, you either have more of one or more than the other. And then I learned of the word work-life harmony, where you can actually find a nice middle ground. And I think mm-hmm. that's where I'm at. I know that's where I'm at with with my family and my friends that have been really, really supportive. I like, I like that. that. Yeah. yeah, I
1: really like that. Cause yeah, I feel like yeah, a balance means, you know, that both sides of the scale are equal and like that's not necessarily how it mm-hmm. always is. Like if you're yeah, like going back to school and you have a lot more work and whatnot, but you just have to make those life times more um, yeah intentional and like, mm-hmm. you know, meaningful. Yeah. 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 I like that a lot.
0: Yeah, I do too. And I think it's definitely different for everybody. You know, like some people might be happy doing like part time and having more more time at home. And then some people are more fulfilled working more too. So
2: yes. yeah, now, I that. do take some time off from work. Let let's I wanna want be clear about that. Sometimes <laughs> you know, sometimes you have to. You have to kind of like just check out and just you know, like we went on um where did we go? We went to like Catalina Island, not oh, cute. that long yeah. ago. And it was so much fun. It's so much fun. It was good to kind so of so pretty there. Ch- oh my God, I loved it. Um, we did like the parasailing and every like all of the excursions we did. We went scuba diving and all this other stuff. And it's so while as caregivers, right, we're so responsible of taking care of other people, but we do also have to take our own advice and pl- check out and then really be present with ourselves and our family at times. So I do take, although my schedule sounds really crazy and wonky, I do take time out for myself and family good
1: yeah so you have to it's so to. I mean especially like the these last couple of years and like the insane amount of burnout that nurses have been oh my gosh um you know why can't of yes. a word um experiencing and uh then kind of like this mass exodus from the mm-hmm. nursing career too or just like the bedside nursing I mean I left bedside nursing during the pandemic as well so
2: it's been um yeah you got to do what you to do for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It was nuts and it's crazy. And we've all been there. And there were like, um, I was working at a COVID testing site responsible like for testing, contact tracing, and vaccines. And it got so crazy at one point. Like, I, I, I had to leave that job. Like, mm-hmm. anything if you don't find. Now, there will be, you know, there'll be ebbs and flows with work. Sometimes it's really hard. And then sometimes we have the days like, oh, it's okay, getting pretty breezy, easy today. But whenever like you're we've been overworked. Like I know, and especially in the hospital, we didn't have supplies. We were short staff. We didn't know what was going on. Like there was just running out of medications, didn't have enough ventilators. Like when sometimes, and then sometimes the communication became very toxic, especially leadership to clinicals Mm -hmm. because they weren't there, but they were telling us everything that we needed to do. And there were some people who had mandatory overtime and just couldn't leave because there was no one to relieve them. We were out of ratio. Like those I could see why people want to leave nursing, especially in situations like that, when we don't feel appreciated or valued. Yeah, um, definitely. so a lot of nurses did leave the bedside or they left to do travel nursing. So, you know, something that was more lucrative. And the thing about that is I don't think so, – sometimes the public will kind of like shade us a little bit for, for doing that. But, mm-hmm. I mean, we have families too. We have – you know, we want to – you know, we love taking care of people, but we also – want to get paid as well. So I think during yeah. this pandemic, a lot of nurses, because we were exposed to those ugly work conditions, it made a lot of us think about like, Hey, what do I really want to do? Some people yeah. left and became entrepreneurs. Some did traveling, some started businesses, like so many good things came from the pandemic at least for opening our eyes and taking the blinders off of mm-hmm. us because so many times we've been in the workhorse of hospitals, but now it's like, uh, uh-uh, I know my value. And so yeah. I think that's frightens hospital leadership, Um, some because, you know, they realize that we're not gonna work for peanuts in such a stressful environment and not go for this, you know. I want I want more than pizza. Don't appreciate me with pizza pizza. Right? Keep your pizza. Keep your pizza. Give me something else, right? Show me that you value me. Um and things like that. But I think during the pandemic a lot of people left um they definitely left their where they were working. Um, and then some people left nursing altogether but they, well, i shouldn't say that they left the hospital what is traditional mm-hmm. nursing but they've gone on to do other things where they're still using their nursing skill set so I think um obviously that's it's a good way to shortage. put
1: it
2: yeah because yeah. I know some people like some people became wellness coaches some did uh other like remote patient care they did other things using their nursing skill set like reviewing charts and whatever and I think you're still a nurse. Now it's in a different environment, but you're still a nurse. But and besides, there are also other positions that became available. We didn't have COVID sites. We didn't have COVID testing sites. COVID vaccine sites. We weren't doing this contact tracing, so that opened up too. So I feel like the the bedside people left the bedside. They didn't necessarily leave nursing, but they left the bedside. But now we just got to make sure that people are coming, are still (laughs) wanting to be nurses, and backfill the void that's there. Yeah,
0: I know. For me, I started travel nursing in 2018 as a very naive 24 year old, um, and it was for the adventure. You know, that was initially my what I wanted to do was to travel. I went out to California actually, and Mm -hmm. I traveled the West Coast and stuff. And then COVID hit. When Emily and I worked together, we actually met in in Denver and worked Mm -hmm. together. Um, COVID hit, and then you know, travel nursing changed and. And nursing changed and yeah, I feel like we all kind of, like you said, really realized how undervalued we were, underappreciated, Mm -hmm. underpaid and that's like – that's why I'm staying as a travel nurse for right now because I did go back to staff nursing for – and I lasted four months and that was it because (laughs) the pay was – it was a joke. It was like if I could go back to travel nursing and make four times as much for doing the same job and feel appreciated and be in charge of my own life and my own schedule. Like, why wouldn't I do that? So, right.
2: And I, you know, and I, I think you, you should, we should do that. I mean, if we all, I mean, especially in today's economy, right? We're all worried about what's going to happen and things like that. And if we can do work that we love and do it at a, at a higher salary, who wouldn't want to do that? Yeah. And I think hospital administrators really they created, these, they created this situation. Had you appreciated us from the beginning, had you paid us fair wages from the start, had you had safe patient ratios, um, had you, you know, all of those things, then perhaps we wouldn't have had that kind of mass exodus we did. But as soon as we saw another opportunity that we can, you know, get out of the hell hole that we were in, <laughs> we're like, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Yeah. And so, and I, my forecast is that one, eventually that, even travel agencies will be go-, will go away and nurses will learn how to contract directly to the hospital. I actually – that's what I believe will happen in, in the future.
1: That'd yeah. Be cool. yeah. Yeah. It was – I le- so I left the bedside and started doing case management um, for mm-hmm. a home health company and then – you know all these crazy rates were going up for um hospitals in the Denver area and I was like oh my god I have to do it like there's literally I have to go back and do that and I worked those I worked my full-time case management job during the day from home and then three night shifts a week in the NICU um at a local hospital and I felt so Tracy. bad for the nurses because it was a tiny little unit and the entire night shift staff quit so they brought in all travelers and it was all of us making an absurd amount of money and there Mm -hmm. was like one or two like prn people and then the day shift people were still there but like making so much more money than them and they lost i mean it just didn't make any sense like it's like you couldn't have just figured out what was wrong with your unit paid them a little bit more you were paying up like I can't even. That's when the rates were like four or five thousand dollars a week. I mean, in some places they still are, but I'm like, you hired six travelers, so you're spending minimum. I mean, Mm because they pay the the companies more, what minimum, like um, forty thousand dollars a week on us. (laughs) It's when you could have just paid your people more, like yeah,
2: retain your staff exactly. I think, I think that's what it is. And I don't know. I'm I'm definitely has been a wake up call for many uh, hospitals right now. And I, although I don't believe we'll go into like as such of a, an extreme situation as we were previously, I, you know, with fall and winter months Mm -hmm. coming, you know, it's going to get crazy. It's going to be full. We're not going to know if it's a cool, is it a, is it the flu? Is it COVID? Is it a cold? And you know, everyone's going to be on ice. So (laughs) yeah. So get ready. These travel nursing rates are about to come back, come back. They're going to, Yeah,
1: I I know they are. And it's so tempting to keep doing it.
2: Right. But hospitals got to figure it out because I guess in the long run, is it sustainable? Probably not. Right. So they have to get creative with, you know, how they compensate their staff, how they appreciate their staff. And just like managers and directors get quarterly bonuses or annual bonuses for performance. You know, I think, you know, we as nurses have to say, you know, start thinking of these things about like. What do we want? What What would you want to stay at a hospital? And we need to perhaps present that uh, to leadership so they know because yeah. they're going to get pretty real desperate pretty soon um, yeah. as, as these winter months come up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. My, my hospital that I was at before I quit during COVID, they took away some of our benefits and took away our bonus um, during COVID because they Needed money, and I had other my friends um, working in um, at Yale or like at Stanford, um, and they all got bonus raises. And I was like, okay, so that's crazy. That's one thing you don't do to <laughs> your nurses. Something <laughs> we don't right. want.
2: Um, like, who makes these decisions? Like l- literally, who makes? And these they. Decisions? All, I'm pretty
1: sure all of the up and ups got bonuses and like oh, sure. during this time. So Horrible. yeah, it was like a slap in the face. Like we're the ones that are actually taking care of the patients that, yeah. uh, you know, are, I mean, luckily we were in the NICU, so it wasn't nowhere near anyone else's um, experience in the adult world. But yeah, we're, our hands are still, you know, all over this hospital with all the parents and we all We still their- had COVID. Oh yeah, patients. we still I mean, had it.
0: Like you said, it wasn't the same, but yeah, I mean, we still were- at risk
1: mm-hmm.
0: and understaffed and everything, you know? Oh, yeah. Craziness. It is And no
2: crazy. one wants to work like that. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. No. No, uh, there are some conditions and I'll just say I did a couple crisis assignments and it was like a ridiculous, it wasn't even like a, a, a travel assignment for a certain period of time. These were like 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 PRN, like a day rate type of thing. And okay. I just remember getting a phone call like it, I don't know, like. 9 30 in the morning, um, inviting me to come in to work at this hospital for the day. And they told me this absurd amount of money. I'm like, oh, is this for tomorrow? They're like, no, for today. And then I'm just like, oh, but it's already, don't worry, we'll pay you from like, as if the start of the shift. Can you just get there as soon as possible? But oh and I get it. But when I got there, I cried because I'm like, this is why you wanted to pay so much. that's like, horrible. Like, it was, honey, um, I worked that shift and I was just like, never again i don't care oh how much you throw at me the conditions were so horrible mm, like that's this was this was a hospital that really was out of ventilators because me and another nurse were like oh my gosh like one of my patients had died he was a ventilator but he was a covid patient he needed all this clean but then there was no staff to unfortunately take him to the morgue because or to the hospital morgue cuz morgues weren't taking pa- any more patients and so he was there in the room but we were so busy with other patients i no one could really tend to him and like move him. But then there was a the code blues being called left and right. And patients coming down the, like from telly to the ICU, like Alice, we know you have an open bed. I said, my open bed ain't open. Cause he's still there. And like, it was just like the worst feeling ever. And so, Oh my gosh. So That's me and another nightmare. Nurse, and that was the last ventilator. And so it, it didn't, hadn't had a thorough clean. So, uh, and I hate that I even have to say this. Cause this was like really like battlefields kind of of nursing, but Someone was able, to, they were able to move him, uh, patient to the morgue. I don't know, they did some kind of stat clean to this ventilator. But in the interim, me and another nurse were taking turns, like bagging him in the hallway because there was nowhere Jeez. to put him. His pressure was dropping. There was an order for Leva Fed, we didn't have Leva Fed, so we're like, give us Neo. And the pharmacist's like, well, you don't have an order like that. We're like, he's gonna die if you don't give us something. Like, we were just so the conditions were horrible at this place and i'm just like yeah i see you don't call me ever again asking me to work this place <laughs> it just was crazy so sometimes even though we you know money is a, is a is an incentive in certain situations it doesn't even matter how much money no. you give give me uh, until you can improve the work conditions of this place to make it safe like i wanted to be there cuz i wanted to take care help the patients cuz this was really horrible but I literally was putting my mental health at risk. I was feeling yeah. horrible about the decisions I was having to make uh, with the little to no resources I had. And then I was worried about my license. Yeah. your license I don't even know if I charted risk. that day, to be honest, guys. Look, like, oh my God, knock on the I don't even know how well I charted that day. Cause PTSD? We were literally like,
1: oh my God. Yeah, I can't yeah. even imagine. Like, charting no. is going to be the last thing on your mind. hmm Yeah.
0: That does sound like a battlefield. That is a yeah. nightmare,
1: and it's a is. nightmare. You're right? Like it. At the end of the day, like the money is not worth like your mental, physical, emotional health, or your license, mm-hmm. or your career. Like it's not. <laughs> so
2: exactly, which is mm-hmm. why I'm always a big proponent of you know do something that you're passionate about because opportunities will open up. Like how I how I've been working, and then the television stuff came open for me to do that like i never ever didn't even think that was didn't never thought of that as an an opportunity or something that i would seek out to do didn't know i would get paid for it i just thought it was cool and so but it was following my passion doing those things that i find enjoyable and working in places where i'm appreciated not just tolerated so
1: yeah I love that. Oh my gosh, I love it That's all. Awesome. Yeah, I know I love like, snaps. We're yeah. like snaps, yes. I'm so inspired. I know, I am um, too. I want to ask
0: you, like, what advice do you have for Emily and I for, you know, we're we're just like starting out our podcast and like getting into that um, social media space and everything like that. Like what advice would you give
2: us? I think one of the most important things is that you you stay consistent. I think. You know, because social media will have you believing that people are overnight successes. Can they show their highlight reels? They don't really show the size of like when you're probably like, and I know, and from my own experience, like, oh my gosh, who am I going to have? What guests am I going to have? And what questions? Like, there's a lot of work you guys, you ladies do behind the scene that people don't even see. So, when by the time they hear you, it's like, oh, this seems really easy. And it's not. You guys have put in a lot of work. So, I would say stay consistent. Um, And then I also think networking is really important. um, And not just within nursing. So Mm -hmm. I will share as some of my media experience, like there were no other nurses on television. And then I tried to reach out to some of the physicians, but they just, they, you know, like you're, you're taking our gigs. Like we don't, like, it was like a big secret of how, how to be on television. So I actually found mentors and other people who are on television, like lawyers, um, some other like Anchors or reporters, so I think that in in your journey as whether it's all in nursing or in growing your podcast in the social media world or even media, um, to always network with people um, because you never want to be the smartest person in the room. Um, you always want to be around other people. So I actually went to I took um, some workshops on journalism, on communications, on podcasting. Um, so I can learn, I think, and again, this is learning awesome. without having to go back to get your doctorate or your, yeah. or your, um, you know, your master's degree, there's always uh room to learn, but staying consistent networking and not being afraid to enter spaces where you don't see, uh, other nurses, because, you know, I think that, um, uh, like with your podcast, with this podcast, you guys help so many other people who are nurses, aspiring to be nurses, um, and I'm pretty sure you have other health uh, disciplines listening to you too. So, but there are also, I'm sure, someone who's not even in the healthcare field who's listening, who can take these same lessons and apply it to their experiences. So, staying consistent, um, networking, and I think those are those are some of the key things. Yeah, yeah. because by the time sometimes we feel like giving up, and legit, <laughs> like that's like the that's like the breaking point where like if you give up now um if, if you just stick it through like that next day could be like the day that like a, a big sponsorship comes up or someone mm-hmm. from you know I Heart radio is like hey ladies we'd like to pay you all this money to put your <laughs> show on, do our, your show with us so and cool. stuff like that <laughs> that yeah. would be great <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, they're... that's great
0: advice. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much. much, Alice. You're welcome. It's yeah, been so a pleasure.
1: Oh yeah, yes. this, this is fun stuff. You are like such you an are... inspiration. Honestly, it's yes. been really incredible. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm just leaving here like,
2: damn, gotta stop. Yeah, game you, up. you got a couple <laughs> fans over here.
1: Yeah, oh, we
2: really thanks appreciate so much. you. you no, know, I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. And like I always tell people, if there's anything that I can do to help you. Or if you have any advice, even whether it's now or later, don't hesitate to ask me at all. I'm so uber approachable, helpful, um, because I didn't have guidance or help. And I always tell myself, like, you know what, whenever, if I ever get in a position where I can help someone else, I'm totally down to help because I think we definitely need more nurses and more spaces and places Mm -hmm. to help educate, not just our profession, but the public. And, you know, we have so many things to offer. And I really want to do my part to help see my peers get there, too. Oh, I agree. That's
1: awesome. awesome. Do you want to to everybody? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm on all things social at Ask Nurse Alice. Um, if you DM me or message me, it's me. And um, I, I will respond and answer back. Uh, if you want to email me, you can email me at uh, info at AskNurseAlice.com. Um, definitely respond to my emails. Um, and then I so and I also do a lot of work work with nurse.org which loves, loves loves, and supports nurses in all aspects. We're always looking for contributors or if you have a great idea for a campaign or you know have a story that you think nurses really would benefit from knowing about whether it's directly about our profession or something about just general things that nurses should know about, we're always looking to work with new people and help you know support other, nurse shows nurse content um uh, nurse social media influencers because there's plenty of space for everybody that's amazing that's awesome
1: awesome thanks uh-huh. so much yes thanks so much all
0: right, right. thanks for having me ladies bye guys bye.
1: bye. i feel like we got some good stuff in there maybe This podcast is produced by Emily Richardson and Hannah Quirk. The intro music is by Dan Lemire. Please help us out and rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at Drunk or send us an email at drunkordelirious at gmail.com.